Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. What's up? I mean, you know, you know. <laughs> I feel like when Happy I said that. Happy Monday. In- oh, yeah. Sorry. Happy Monday. I feel like when I said that intro, I was like, it's Christy. Like, I was like really excited about myself <laughs> for a second. <laughs> you got all cheerleader all of a sudden. I did. I did. I did. I did. Anyway, good for you. It's okay. We all need to be peppy sometimes. And this Monday calls for a pep. Okay. Okay. I'm here for it. <laughs> What's going on? Not a whole lot. Um, I think things, well, things have quieted down for a little bit, but they're going to ramp up again here soon because of holidays. And before you know it, it'll be January. We'll be like, oh my gosh, 2023. Mm-hmm. Yes. Halloween hits and the year's over. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's what I feel like. Um, I do want to say from a social media point of view that we talked about last week, how we had gotten so many sweet messages from people. And Mm -hmm. since then we have gotten so many sweet messages from people. I know. And it's been amazing. And I can't describe, I feel like every podcast ever says that they have the best listeners, but we actually do. (laughs) Like you closet sisters and brothers are the cat's meow. You are so good to us and keep them coming. I'd bet on our listeners over other people's listeners. I would too. My money's on ours. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't have a lot of money, but I will put it on our listeners every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. I got to tell you a funny story. Oh yes, please do. So I ordered a pizza. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> every good, that, every great it so, story. It was so funny. All, all right. That was it, right? The whole story. Was, <laughs> I ordered, ordered a pizza. pizza. Okay. Mm-hmm. So hilarious. Okay. Except the pizza guy, bless his heart. He pulled up in my driveway and forgot to put his car in park. My gosh. And left his door open and his car (laughs) rolled. So my driveway is on a hill, as you know, but if you don't, my driveway is on a very, it's pretty steep. Mm -hmm, It is. And my drive was on a hill and he pulled up in my driveway and just like real quickly jumped out of the car and left his car door open and ran to bring me my pizza and he wasn't late. I don't know why he was in such a hurry, but he forgot to put his car in park and the car rolled down the driveway and the door of his car hit my mailbox and shot my mailbox like 10 feet into the road. Like it was dramatic. can't even mm-hmm. tell you how hard his car door hit my mailbox and completely demolished it. Like the pole got knocked over and destroyed and the mailbox was laying in the middle of the road and was all dented up. And he dropped my pizza and went running towards his car <laughs> in the middle of it. And like my neighbors were outside and were yelling like, your car, your car. And he jumped in his car before it could roll into a house. 
Oh my gosh. He dropped your pizza? He dropped just my threw pizza. It, on it was the... fine. Well, okay. understandable. Like, no, I get okay. it. I get it. No, I get it. Yeah. And I felt so bad for him because he couldn't close his car door because the car door completely flipped out, like to the other way. Mm, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And he couldn't close it. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. Oh my him. gosh. Yeah. And okay. also our mailboxes in our neighborhood are apparently very bougie and they're custom made. Stop it. They are? They are. I told all my neighbors, do not hit your mailboxes because they cost so much to replace. <laughs> like, Did you have to get the exact same one? Yes. The HOA demands that we all have the same mailbox and the mailboxes are custom made. And this poor pizza guy has to replace our mailbox. And I feel so bad for, he had a real bad day. He has to replace his door and our oh. mailbox and the pole which is cemented in the ground. Right. <laughs> it all got knocked over. Just plowed over it all. Oh my anyway, gosh. It's like the million dollar pizza. Yeah. Right. No kidding. I hope you got a lot of tips <laughs> that day. I, and I felt bad. I said that to my husband. I'm like, I only gave him a 25% tip and I feel so bad. And he's like, well, he ran over our mail box. So like, yeah. maybe don't feel bad yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't feel bad about that part. But although I just was saying, I hope you made some tips that night, but he probably wasn't able to continue to work because no. the door wasn't shutting. <laughs> he couldn't close his door. He said that when he left, he was like, I don't know how I'm going to get back to the shop. I can't close my door <laughs> to my car. Oh my gosh. I'm he laughing. It's so sad. Probably is like tying it with like um, rope or something. Zipped. We yeah. had to zip tie our mailbox onto the pole and zip tie the pole to get mail because our mailbox is now on order and it looks really funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. And I got an email from the HOA and they were like, your mailbox is not in accordance to the plan or the, you know, like regulations. And it's been this way for over seven days. And do you know that I literally emailed the video from the, from the doorbell of him hitting my mailbox? That was my response to the HOA. I'm like, yeah, we know. Here's this video. <laughs> and I'm goodness gracious, since they require you to have a specific mailbox, you have to have a chance to actually get that mailbox. I mean, I know. Whatever. Stupid. I hate HOAs. Dumb. <laughs> no, I do too. But I was very excited to send the video as my response because I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. You should have just wrote period. <laughs> Here's period. the video. Period. <laughs> yes. All right. So that's what I'm doing now. You know what I'm wondering? My husband and I just watched the, H the CMAs. Oh, okay. I'm wondering though, back to your pizza story. Okay. Um, I don't think he forgot to put it in park. I mean, yes, clearly he didn't, but I think maybe he thought he put it in park because if you left it in drive, would it just roll down a driveway like that? I think maybe he went into neutral. And he oh, maybe. He, got it, he didn't get it all the way up. Possibly, but he also left his door open. So like, 
well, I'll do that. Like I did that earlier today when I ran to the store and then I had to run back out. I like left the door open after I threw it in park and ran in and just dropped the grocery stuff on the counter and then ran back out. Well, in your driveway, yes, but oh, well, don't yeah. do that, actually. <laughs> Especially when it's a driveway with it's a big incline. <laughs> like, well, don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, park. Sorry. Turn the engine off. Shut the door. Deliver the pizza. Okay. Fair, <laughs> fair, fair advice. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm here all day. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad that you were able to have supply us with some comedy relief before. <laughs> okay, good. My we get into the feel that way, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is kind of funny. It's so <laughs> funny. Oh my gosh. The video is so funny. I wish I could post it, but I feel bad for the pizza guy. So I'm not going to do it. Blur him out. <laughs> he runs towards the car <laughs> in the end. He's like, he dropped my pizza on the porch and my neighbor is going, your car, your car. And he just runs towards the car. It was a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. He had a bad day. He had a bad day. Yeah, he did. Oh gosh. All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for sharing that story. That's funny. Anytime. Uh, I guess if we don't have anything else, are you ready to dive on into another, another story? Yes. Hit me. All right. Well then here we go. Okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, so Beth, this <laughs> you always get so serious. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. This is going to be a little bit of a different kind of story. You, it's going to be one that you might walk away feeling slightly satisfied. Oh, from. I like. well, I mean, you. I say slightly because it's still an awful, terrifying story, but there's a silver lining because. This is a survivor-ish story. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, 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 oh. yes, yes. <laughs> like our September survivors over on the Patreon, if you know, you and know. Exactly. So if you like this and you want more of that kind of stuff, you should become a Patreon and go back and listen to some older ones. So Definitely. Yeah. This is Anne, the story of Anne Saluti. Okay. And this was also a suggestion from a listener on Facebook. Her name is Robin. Okay. Hello, Robin. I Hello, Robin. I want to say that she lived there, but now my mind is blanking. <laughs> like she, <laughs> she remembers this growing up. But I read okay. so many people's, you know, like when their suggestions come across, I'm like, oh, this is why they suggested it. And now I don't know if I'm making that up. So we'll, okay, we'll, we'll figure that out. Anyway. Okay. So Elaine and Don Slooty had two children, Tom and Anne. They lived in Kearney, Nebraska. Okay. 
Yes, a small town that's about two hours west of Lincoln. Not that that helps very many people because I I just feel like not many people know much about Nebraska unless you no. live there. Right? No, yeah. I, I begin and end in Omaha. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know where that is in the state, honestly. So. Okay. So Don was an assistant professor of management and marketing at um, the University of Nebraska, but I, I think Kearney campus, like, okay, a small, small satellite campus. In 2001, Anne was 17 years old and attending Kearney High School. She was a straight A student and very athletic. She was a pole vaulter on the high school Ooh. track team. That's cool. It's really cool. I have zero idea how they do that. But I agree. Cool. I was just watching the um this documentary on Caitlyn Jenner. Uh-huh. And it was showing all of the competitions from the Olympics and there was a big pole vaulting rivalry. It was mm. so interesting to watch. Yeah. I I would I would be in what 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 that but Words are hard. What documentary were you watching? I can't remember. Was it the untold one? Yes. Yes. Okay. And there was one about, yes. So that's the okay. one that's, it's the same show, but it's diff- about different people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to check that mm-hmm. one out because I have seen that on my list. So I'll yeah. That, one out. that was really interesting. Cool. Okay. So on the evening of April 6th, 2001, Anne went to Hilltop Mall in Kearney. She was going to buy a new CD. We all remember CDs. Well, CD yeah. players. <laughs> and she didn't intend to be there very long. She had actually told her mom just before she left that if her friends called that night to like let her know, she'll be home soon. She'll give you a call back very soon. So around 630, as Anne was walking back to her car, she was attacked by a man and dragged to a large dark SUV parked nearby. Anne was screaming and putting up a fight and tried to escape. I believe he like shoved her in the car and she went out the other way before he came around the passenger side. He chased her down, starts beating on her and gets her in the passenger seat. There were many witnesses in the parking lot to this attack. But eventually, even though they had these witnesses, the man succeeded in getting her in the car and he sped away. They weren't able to help her? Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure that some people were just kind of like, what's going on? And some people were probably like, I don't want to get involved. I don't know. I don't can't say that for sure. They did call 911, several people, as this was happening. Okay. Telling them, someone's beating up a woman, shoving her into this car, and now he's driving away. And another one's like, um, someone's beating up this woman. I didn't get – here's the, the license plate was uh, Louisiana plates, but I didn't get the number, blah, blah, blah. So – People were calling the police. They just weren't, you know, stepping in physically. Okay. Okay. So they arrive at the mall parking lot and they find Anne's car and some of her belongings laying next to it, including the CD she had just bought, her purse with her wallet inside. They inform the Sluties as to what has happened. And Elaine, her mom, was able to confirm that those, all those belongings that were on the floor were Anne's. Hmm. So the police ask obvious questions like, does she have any enemies, a boyfriend that would have hurt her or wanted to hurt her? Do you know anybody? And they're just like, uh, no. Anne basically is perfect and nobody hates her. Well, and this person was in a black SUV with Louisiana plates. like, Yeah, dark she- SUV. Yeah. I don't know if it's black, but it was dark. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So it's like, well, if it was somebody she knew, wouldn't it be a local plates or, you know, mm-hmm. Nebraska plates? So okay. They can't imagine anybody wanting to hurt her regardless of what car was taken she was taken in. But they were able to interview some of the witnesses from the mall, and based on their descriptions, they were ma- able to make a composite sketch of a possible suspect. However, they don't have anything to compare it to. Like, there's like, you know, they don't have a- another idea. Nobody recognizes this guy. So, yes, they have a composite, but it's not extremely helpful at this point. Okay. Can we get some CCTV from Target, like in Kelsey Smith? You know, that's exactly what I was thinking the entire time I was looking at this. I was like, dang it, if this was just a Target. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Plus it's in this tiny town in Nebraska. Like, mm-hmm. anyway. So, okay. And also, so like I said, the license plate was a Louisiana tag. But still, the police don't, besides that, have not much to go on because no one in the family has a, any suspects of who would want to do this. So they call the FBI in pretty quickly on this. Basically, because those tags were out-of-state tags, and so they thought it was reasonable to think that the kidnapper might take her across state lines, and that mm-hmm. would then become a federal offense. Right. So quickly, they get the FBI. So good good job on that. They set up camp at the Slutie house and are ready to record any calls that come in and try and trace them because they thought, well, maybe they'll make a ransom or whatnot because this is clearly to them a stranger abduction. Mm-hmm. And I guess the – Statistics on stranger abductions, if you don't find them within the first like 24 to 48 hours, you can assume that they're not going to make it. Yeah. Which it's an awful, awful feeling to know that. So, But again, as I already spoiled it earlier, after six days, Anne is found and returned back to her family, but not before enduring the most awful experiences over those six days of her life at the hands of someone named Anthony Stephen Wright, also known as Tony Zappa. <laughs> such a, I feel like right? I've heard of him. I did too, but that's just such a weird name that I feel like, I don't know, it could be like a DJ name or uh, I don't know, something. Serial Boxer, killer. Serial killer. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. So he's this 21-year-old man with a pretty tough past. So wow, and of course, 21. So no, I'm sorry, 20, uh, 29. I meant 29. Oh, okay. My bad. Misspoke. So a little bit about Tony. According to his sister, Tony had a pretty rough upbringing. His parents were Julius Zappa and Barb McNeely. They were together for 29 years. However, they never married. Julius moved his family all over around, uh, um, all over, over the years from Minnesota to Wisconsin to Iowa, back to Minnesota. He would take odd jobs just su- to support his family. However, he was an alcoholic and at times could be pretty violent. Okay. Tony had been arrested himself 20 times before the age of 18. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So in 1995, Tony was arrested um, because of some rural – you hate that word too, right? Impossible word. (laughs) Rural farm burglaries. That's also a hard word. It is. (laughs) It's a, really, it's a really tough <laughs> sentence you typed there. <laughs> I don't know if you saw me pause for a second because I was like, I've got to get through that sentence, <laughs> which I did not. So, yeah. <laughs> He was tried and sentenced to 15 years in prison for these burglaries. He was released after four, though. Yeah. You know, I just don't understand those sentences where it's like 15 years. Okay, three or four is good. 
Like, I, what is the point? Yeah, of like, are you trying to just is it a scare tactic to be like? Right. I feel like it'd be better if they're like, well, after twelve, okay, we'll let you out a little early, but you still served a decent amount of time. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So during those four years, Tony spent all of his time working out. So needless to say, he was not a small man. He was pretty big, scary looking. Tony swore when he got out that he was never going to go back to prison, but he also did not intend to stop his life of crime. So he was just going to avoid going back to prison. Great. About a month before he took Anne, he had been due to go to court in Iowa about another burglary. He skipped out on those hearings, and so his bond had been forfeited, and so they sent bounty hunters after him. <laughs> I thought that was really funny when I heard that for some reason. I don't know. I just Bounty hunters is just weird. Well, I just think of that dog, the bounty hunter. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so when they finally find him, he comes like barreling out of the house that he's in, guns blazing, and manages to get away from them and steals one of their cars and f- fled the scene. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, Tony Zappa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe this is why we heard of him because he's, he's got freaking... some big kahunes. Mm-hmm. He does. And he fle- fled north. Someone had reported seeing him in St. Paul, Minnesota. And so the police shut down like several blocks of where he had been seen, but they never find him. Then a police officer thought he had seen someone matching Tony's description in the Mall of America. Have you been to the Mall of America? I've never been there, but I know it. But you know, it's like this big like amusement park inside yeah. at first. So anyway, so they end up shutting down that entire mall for hours as they scoured the entire building. Oh my goodness. But again, they never found him in there. So either it wasn't him or he somehow managed to get out even though they had all the exits blockaded. So I, I tend to think maybe he wasn't in there, but who knows? Maybe he is that good. So by the time he had come across Anne at the Hilltop Mall, Tony had outstanding warrants for assault, theft, grand theft auto, and illegal gun possession in the states of Nebraska, Louisiana, Iowa, and Wisconsin. All right. He seems great. Yes. He's an upstanding citizen. So because Anne survives, we are able to know everything that happened to her, as I explained to you, and the timeline of events over those six days. Okay. And so I'm about to give you all of those details, but I want you to keep in mind, Anne is a 17-year-old girl. Okay. Okay. So just remember. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that in my mind. When Tony attacked her in the mall parking lot, he had hit her several times and she lost consciousness. So when she comes to, she's down on the floorboard of the passenger side. And eventually, like when she wakes up, she he's like, come on, sit down. So she sits down in the passenger seat. Eventually, around 10.15, they are in Ainsworth, Nebraska, which is about 160 miles north of Kearney. Okay. There, he stops at a gas station to get gas and possibly some food. He also decides at this point that he's going to chain her hands behind her back and chain her feet together as well. She tries to have conversations with him in the car and eventually learns that his name is Tony. I think he may have given, given her like a fake name at one point. But then in another conversation, accidentally says, like, oh, his grandma used to tell me, you know, Tony, whatever. Mm-hmm. There was a movie, like, made-for-TV movie about this, and I believe mm-hmm. that's what was in there. And so I don't know if I'm pulling that from that and that was fake. Or- <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, she does find out his name is Tony at some point. 
Okay. So continuing to travel north, he gets to Springview, which is about 25 miles away from Ainsworth. There, he accidentally drives his car off the road and into a ditch and rolls his car. Oh, no. Yeah. And so he gets them out. They get out of the car, end up walking to a farm where he steals a pickup truck and then tries to use that to pull his car out of the ditch. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you just drive the pickup truck? Thank you. <laughs> My <laughs> thoughts exactly. So – that doesn't work. So then he drives the pickup truck and finds a front loader and steals that and pulls the car out of the ditch. Whatever reason, okay. he really wanted this car back. All right. Okay. Not the smartest. Mm. Sharpest tool in the, <laughs> in the shed. So, okay. So he drives around and finds – okay, nope. Already said that. Got the the front loader. While he's getting the front loader – or using the front loader to pull the car out of the ditch, Anne is able to somehow get the chains off of her, and she throws them in that ditch. And when so when they get back in the car, she's not chained. And later, those chains are found by another neighbor and given to police. Like uh, I don't know, I just found these chains in the here somewhere. So yeah, but they're but, hundreds of miles from where she went missing. So right. But remember, they are fully aware that this man probably is going to take her across state lines. So they're not just looking in her immediate area. Yes, initially, okay. but they've got their radar out. So the next day on April 7th, they arrive in Wyoming, which is just over the border. He stops and pulls off the road, duct tapes her hands behind her back and her legs, and then blindfolds her. Tony tells her, if you can get out of this tape, I'll let you go. So Anne's like, all right. Challenge accepted. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so apparently there's a barbed wire fence wherever they have pulled off. So she walks over to this barbed wire fence and is like attempting to basically like saw that duct tape off of her arms, but she doesn't succeed in this and actually ends up like cutting her hands. And so she kind of gave up or didn't do it in the time allotted that he gave her. And then she's like, well, these are, it's too tight. It's really hurting me. Can you at least cut them off? So he cuts the tape off her feet but couldn't get it off her hands. So she, he ends up like burning it either with a lighter or a match or something and burns her hands in the process or part of her hands. Oh, no. Around 10 p.m. that night, Tony, as they kept on traveling, pulls off the road and tells Anne that she needs to call a friend and tell them that she's just going away on vacation so that people will not worry about her. Because I mean, Cause that I'm will sure work. that right, exactly. I'm sure that's what I mean. Clearly, this guy doesn't have all of his wits about him. So he's like, "Do not call your family. Only call a friend. I don't want you calling your mom and dad. Just call friends." Well, Anne makes her first phone call and calls home. <laughs> Anne's parents had gone to a neighbor's house to get away from all the chaos and get some rest. So the neighbor was there, and she's the one that actually answers the phone. And Anne's like, is Elaine there? Because she does oh, not want. Oh, she can't say mom. Right. She doesn't want to let on that she's called her mom. So, And he doesn't know her. Stranger. So he doesn't know her name. mom's name's Elaine. So she specifically used Elaine so that he wouldn't know. So the woman who answered knew who it was and asked if she was okay and when they could get her home. And Anne's like, I'm fine. It's Everything's okay. And hopefully I'll come home soon. And then Tony hangs up the phone because he's pissed that she's not said, we're just going on – I'm just going on a vacation right now. Okay. So they don't 
clearly the phone call is not enough to get a trace. So they mm. didn't, they weren't able to get that. But they do have at least this recorded conversation of her. So anyway, then he's like, call another friend. Tell him you're going away on vacation this time. Like, don't forget. So she does this. <laughs> I know, isn't it? It's like it's almost comical. It's not because she's going through this horrific thing, but right. He's like, I don't know, weird. And she's so smart. Yes. Oh my gosh. Just wait. It doesn't like it doesn't. It just starts here. So she does. She calls another friend. Friend's clearly happy to hear from her. She's like, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I'm going on vacation. And after that, Tony hangs up on her. Clearly, nobody's believing this, but okay. So they continue now driving west, and he duct tapes her again and also uses the duct tape to um, go across her eyes. I'm thinking because mm. he doesn't want her to see which direction they're going in because I feel like at this point she kind of knew where about where she was. Right. So they drive for a little over 10 hours and end up in Livingston, Montana. Okay. And this is now on April 8th. He pulls off the road. And decides at this point, I don't know why, all of a sudden that he's going to rape her. And she pleads for him not to. She's a virgin. Please don't do this. But he does. Hmm. And he basically informs her that his plan is to take her to the mountains to rape her four times a day for however long that he feels like doing this. Oh, my God. So apparently, as you can imagine, Anne is now – I mean, she's. I mean, she's already terrified. But now she's like, oh, my gosh, this is what – He's planning on doing. Need to figure something out. Tony eventually finds a cabin, breaks in, and steals a rifle. Then they find another cabin close by, which he also breaks into. He goes upstairs for a bit for a reason, and Anne's just kind of like downstairs left to her own devices, and she ends up finding a phone. She turns on the water in the kitchen and a radio to muffle sound, and she calls 911. <sighs> the first thing she says is, "Are we? am I in Montana? And they confirm that she is. And she's able to tell them, my name is Ann Sludy. I was taken by this man in Kearney, Nebraska. Her, his name is Tony. I don't know his last name. And he has weapons. Like he has a knife and at least a gun, whatever. So they were like, I where love is her. Right? She's like, she's petrified, but still has like all of her faculties about her to be like, I'm going to find a phone and I'm going to try and call. I don't care if he finds me, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, he does. They're asking if he's still in the house. She's like, yeah, he's upstairs. Well, he ends up coming downstairs and quickly realizes that she, what she's done. And so mm -hmm. he's like, we got to get out of here. So they leave and the SWAT team is there very quickly. And apparently they think that they're still in the house because they could hear voices. Turns out it was just the radio that they were hearing that she had turned on. Right. But so they go in, find out nobody's there. But she did manage somehow to etch her initials into the windowsill in the kitchen so that they knew she was there. Wow. <laughs> like what? Girl. They continue on about 40 miles to Belgrade, Montana, where Tony breaks into a home and ransacks it for clothes and food and whatever else he could find and where he, again, rapes Anne. They walk next door to another home and knock on the door Someone comes to the door. I'm pretty sure that they knock on it because they're just trying to figure out if anybody's home in these places. Mm -hmm. So some, someone is home at this house. And this man walks to the door. Tony pretends that they're looking for someone else and they must have the wrong address. But the man can see Anne's got a black eye. She doesn't look like she's overly comfortable. 
with this large, scary kind of looking guy. So he decides, all right, I'm going to report this suspicious activity to police. So he does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At this point, Tony's realizing, okay, I probably need to dump the car so that he's in because he's taken it over several states. So somewhere near here, he finds a car, another car and steals it. And that was a Toyota Tercel. The police, not long after, finds this abandoned SUV because this neighbor has called 911. So they come mm-hmm. to this area. Nearby, they find that abandoned SUV and also the car that had been reported stolen. stolen. Mm-hmm. So now they know what car they're in. And they know who he is now because I'm assuming that his other car was registered to himself. No. No? Oh, no. Nope. No. So they're really, at this point, they still don't know who he is. Okay. They just know like they're hot on the trail because yeah. of the the breadcrumbs she's leaving and people that are seeing and calling it. So Tony and Anne drive about another three hours northwest to Salmon Lake where he breaks into a cabin and the two stay in this place for two days and Tony rapes Anne again. Mm. At some point, she's able to write a note in the back of a book and it says, Anne Slutie, 41001, help. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I love my mom, my dad, and my brother. Oh, so Wes. I'm sure she's leaving that note in oh. the case that it turns out how we don't want it to turn out. Right. Tony also at this point is burning her clothes and other items that she had, and she's realizing he's trying to destroy evidence along the way. And somehow she manages to take the underwear that she was wearing when he raped her that has his semen in it. And hides it in a garbage can in the bathroom of that home. I tell you what. (laughs) For real. So, okay. Basically, we have another badass on our hands, right? Badass. Yeah, I guess we do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, meanwhile, on April 9th, because remember, they stayed there. They got there about the 8th and they stayed till the 10th in that one place for two days. But – On the 9th, the police find that that SUV that they did find was stolen from Louisiana. Okay. Someone had attacked an elderly couple, stolen their car. The man who was assaulted actually ended up dying of his injuries. So now – Oh, no. He's a murderer now. He's a murderer. An investigator working on Anne's case started thinking about the man that had been wanted that caused the Mall of America to be shut down and started thinking, okay, this is a guy who kept slipping through people like police fingers and sounded a lot like him. So he's like, let's get a picture of this guy and compare it to the composite, send it to witnesses, whatnot. He also sends it over to the troopers in Louisiana where they confirm that that is the man that attacked that man and stole their car. So now, okay. now they're for sure. They think they have a suspect in Tony Zappa. Okay. And that they're always just like one step behind him. Mm-hmm. Tony continues to travel Northwest and stops for gas and then makes another stop for some ammunition. He chains Anne's feet and hands again, tapes her mouth shut, and puts her in the trunk of the car this time. On April 10th, they arrive in Flathead Lake. This is still in Mont- Montana, which is about an hour and a half northwest of their last stop. And they break into another cabin. Here, Anne puts the TV on at some point when he's out of the room and she sees like news coverage about her parents wanting her home and all that kind of stuff. Tony comes back, sees the coverage, and is very upset because he's like, oh, my gosh, they know who I am. They're looking for us. He then rapes her for a fourth time. 
I should mention at this point that they are breaking into cabins that are predominantly vacation in predominantly vacation areas. That's why a lot of the stuff they're finding is empty. Okay. On April 11th, a landlord who knows that those cabins, which cabins are supposed to be empty, sees the Toyota Tercel that's been in the news and notices movement in one of the cabins. So he calls the sheriff to report this around 5 p.m. By 5.40, the sheriff has the have the roads blocked in and out of that area. The FBI and police move in and completely surround this cabin. Okay. Once they are all in place, they make their presence known. They have like those giant spotlights that they just go boom right on the house. Okay. Like, we know you're in there. Come on out kind of With thing. your hands up. Yes, exactly. Tony. I'm going to pump you full of lead. Isn't that from home alone? <laughs> <laughs> So there's still an eight to 10 hour standoff, depending on what each article you look at. (laughs) Yeah. When you said that, I got a little nervous. I was like, I don't feel like this is going to go well. Right. And so during which this whole time, Tony has Anne call several people. I don't know. There's very conflicting things. One says mom, grandma. One says his wife. I didn't even know he was married. So like, you know, I don't know who he calls, but They're calling people, and he also has her call the police because he doesn't want to talk to them at all. (laughs) Okay. So she's basically negotiating her release throughout these, like, 10 hours of standoff. He's refusing to talk to them. Police were afraid that he's going to decide at some point to kill Anne and then himself Mm -hmm. because he doesn't want to go back to prison. Right. He made a few demands, which was, don't shoot him. And when I go to prison, I want it to be in Minnesota. No idea. I don't know. Maybe that's because he's where he's from initially. I don't know. (laughs) Anne and Tony eventually come out and Tony surrenders at 3.15 a.m. on April 13th. Anne is taken safely to be examined at the hospital and eventually reunited with her family. Tony was charged with kidnapping and knowingly brandishing a firearm in furtherance of a crime. That's it? Thank you. Yep. That is it. No rape charges. No murder charges for the guy that he stole the car from. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) I have no idea. During his trial in June of 2002, he was very disruptive. He called the judge Captain Kangaroo. Oh, can you do that, Tony? (laughs) Nope. Yelled profanity at the judge and jurors and other participants. He also slapped his own lawyer in the face. Oh, my gosh. What? He's insane. (laughs) Pretty much. I think he is. He was removed from the court and had to watch the proceedings from another courtroom. He had to listen and watch it via TV, via satellite or whatever. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Anne testifies against him. The defense tried to prove that she went with him willingly. That was basically his defense. That There was all those witnesses. Thank you. That's what I was about to say. Basically, because of all the witnesses who saw the attack at the mall, Anne leaving breadcrumbs – of along the way, it all helped discount that. Also, the DNA found in the underwear that she left. And when she was um, examined by doctors, they could prove, or I, I mean, I don't know how you prove this, but they could prove that she was a virgin prior to this. I don't know how you, mm-hmm. how, how do you, do you know? Uh, I think that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly I know how you can tell, but it's like, how can you tell that prior to these t- six days? Well, if it's newly 
Like, okay. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Sorry. I'm okay. I don't think about these things all the time, but okay. Duh, Christy. Okay. Anyway. And that she had, it had, she had some, okay. So this is part of it. Damage due to the severity and forcefulness of it. So anyway, let's see. Words, thoughts, they're all hard at this point. (laughs) You're doing great. late last night. Tony got life in prison for the kidnapping, plus seven years for brandishing a firearm, and these are to be served consecutively. So clearly he didn't need any of those other charges to be in jail forever. No possibility yeah, for all. But why didn't they charge him with rape? I don't I don't know. I really don't know. Hmm. It, there's not a whole lot of like specifics about that kind of stuff. And Anne has been very private with her like since. Like I have I did not once see except for when she was brought home and like clearly there's news media in her face and she's like, I'm just glad that I'm home and blah, blah, blah. I haven't seen her do like other interviews, at least from what I could find while I was researching. She did go on to graduate from Rose Hulman Institute of Technology with a degree in biomedical engineering in 2006. Wow. She's been, as I said, pretty private with her life since those events. She doesn't want people to think of her as a victim. So she's Mm -hmm. just kind of Apparently, she never went to counseling either. She was just like, I'm not dwelling on this. I'm done. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. Wow. So anyway, like I said, there's a Lifetime movie about this that was made in 2009 called Taken in Broad Daylight. And it is – I mean, it's pretty good. It's clearly Mm – it's, you know, it's older. And it's Lifetime. But fairly accurate in most things that they say. So anyway, there you go. There's wow. your badass Anne Slutty story. That is that is something else. I tell you what, she's not a victim. She's a survivor. She's super smart. Good for her. May we all have a scotch of Anne. <laughs> I think scotch is a funny word. Just a scotch. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, one question. Yeah. Why did he do this? Why did, was he like a nonviolent offender? burglaries and all that. And then all of a sudden he was like, I'm going to go to the mall and abduct a woman. Well, he did have other charges for assault. Okay. He was wanted. It was one of but the things. Still. So he wasn't nonviolent. Um, I will say that's one thing that I kept looking for an answer to. Mm-hmm. And I, I never got an answer except in the Lifetime movie, which I don't know okay. that it's real. It's probably their made-up reason. But okay. what they said is in that movie, she asks, why did you why did you do this to me? And he was like, I was just tired of being alone. I, hmm. But again, I did not see that anywhere else except for a Lifetime okay. movie. So that could have been the dramatization of it. <laughs> right. Interesting. Okay. That is something. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Thank you for telling Anne's story. She is awesome. That was crazy. I don't know why, but in my head, and I know he's from like Nebraska or somewhere out there, but I kept picturing like this Jersey Shore beef head, Tony. I don't know why. Yeah. He pretty <laughs> much – he he does okay. have that look about him too. Yeah, he does. So. Okay. And his whole name thing is really weird to me. I, I, there's not – you can't find a whole lot, but apparently in one of the court transcripts that I was reading, he was – trying to get them to change all of his names on all of the documents to Tony Zappa. Cause I think that's his name, Anthony Zappa. 
Okay. I don't know where Anthony Stephen Wright came from, but he's linked to that. And he's saying that the court pushed that name on him. But why would they unless he went by it at some point? <laughs> right. I don't – it's a very strange. He's just a very strange individual that I can't really uh, grasp. Yeah. He is a royal POS. Yeah. Thank God she lived and that he's in jail, prison. Mm-hmm. Bye, boy. Bye. Thanks, Robin, for the suggestion. Guys are knocking him out of the park. I know. It's been it's been a ride. We're here for it. We're here for more. We hope you guys are here for more. We'll definitely be back next Monday for more. Mm-hmm. And like Christy said, like we said earlier, if survivor stories are your thing, we do have a few of those from our September Survivor series over on the Patreon and a bunch of other stuff. A bunch of other stuff. You yeah. can get to know yeah. us better. We have stories that we have chosen that are not suggestions, which is a lot of fun. We have a good time over there. So $3 a month. If you need the info of how to get there, just message us or click the link in our bio and you'll be able to find us there. Come find us on social media and reach out. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button, rate and review us. That helps us a lot. And always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.